Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Josh Carr Show. Today we'll be talking about the CDC and their new guidelines revolving around chest feeding with men as well as what is going on with Sound of Freedom in theaters right now and what's going on with the new cycle surrounding that. As always, the title sponsor of this video is Gulag America. A little bit more from them later. Let's get into what we're going to be talking about today. So if you didn't hear, the CDC has released new guidelines regarding chest feeding for males. And just, just to preface this, this is the same CDC that is the bureaucratic machine that paid Fauci more money than any other government official during COVID. Fauci has since retired. Uh, and honestly, I'm not sure who's more paid than him. Probably Joe Biden at this point. Um, the CDC is the same people that told us that we had to get the shot or we'd get fired. The CDC is the same people that told us that masks work during COVID. And uh, despite all the studies, some from very liberal institutions such as UC Davis, uh, and they told us that we still had to have them. So this is, this is the same CDC. Um, really quick, though, I'm going to take a sip of my water. <sighs> my throat is still dry. It's been dry for like weeks on end. I do have a different mug today, as you'll notice. It's the J for Josh. Um, but hopefully I'll get through it okay. Forgive me if I have to take a couple drinks of water during this podcast today. Basically, they are saying now the CDC has released guidelines surrounding chest feeding for males um, going. So we're going to be following the main um, the main wire. They wrote a really good article. You can go check them out. Uh, link in the description below for the article. They talk a little bit about the guidelines released by the CDC. And I wanted to go through what the CDC says word for word. So this is what they say on the CDC website, according to the main wire. They say, remember that transgender and non-binary gendered individuals may give birth and breastfeed or feed at the chest. The gender identity or expression of transgender individuals is different from their sex at birth. The gender identity of non-binary gendered individuals does not fit neatly into either man or woman. So already they've kind of outlined gender ideology in the CDC guidelines, which is pretty crazy that at this point, activism has now seeped into the executive uh, of the, the U.S. government. They continue to on and say uh, the kind of three bullet points. The first one I just read. The second one is an individual does not need to have given birth to breastfeed or chest feed. The third bullet point is some families may have other preferred terminology for how they feed their babies, such as nursing, chest feeding or body feeding. So as you can see already that they've kind of aimed to not offend in that terminology and outline the fact that they support transitioning as well as chest feeding as a male. And as we'll talk about in a second, there are no long-term studies on what this means. There are no long-term studies on the effects on a baby from uh, milk produced by a male. And this is really scary considering the fact that we didn't used to try anything unless there were long-term studies or at least five to 10 years, which is what the FDA usually requires when approving a lot of uh, medication especially medication that has to do with children and babies. And what we'll talk about more in a second uh, are there, there, there's some obvious side effects to this. Um, according to the main wire, they said, quote, a lot of people are pushing off, they're pushing for off-label use of a drug. It's become too politicized that you can do all kinds of things for a politically approved purpose, according to the main wire. So essentially, what an off-label use for a drug is, is knowing what the drug does, 
and then it, it doesn't expressly state in the label that you are going to use the drug for a specific purpose, but knowing what it does, you are going to then use the drug for that purpose. So in other words, in order to chest feed as a male, there's no medications on the market specifically made for that. However, there are gender affirming doctors that know what certain drugs do and they are prescribing them to men in order to help them lactate. And I use the word lactate and, and milk, but it's really, it's not the same. Uh, at no point have we been able to make kind of that same uh, makeup of milk as a man than as a woman. That just hasn't happened yet. I'm not saying it's impossible. It doesn't make you any more of a woman. If you're a man that can suddenly lactate like a woman, you're still a man. But what they're using right now is a drug that is used for women who struggle to lactate and men are using it in order to do it. This exposes infants to a lot of unknown risks, which is really scary. We just don't know the long-term effects, as I said earlier. And it's crazy to me that people claim that it's taking away their rights. You're hearing that a lot on the left. I mean, you hear that always from the LGBTQ community. This is taking away my rights. This is going to affect the way I live. And, I, and it comes back to this idea of this explosion of rights. It's, it's really dangerous. Basically, what they're saying is because I can't do this thing, I don't have a right. And it's interesting because I'm not aware of the right God-given or given by the government to lactate or to chest feed. Basically, what they're saying, this implies that if you can't do something, then it's just totally taking away your rights. This is especially scary when it comes to our kids. I'm, and I'm not even saying for someone, I'm saying it's scary when it comes to one person to someone else's kids, but even to their own kids. You cannot simply state that because something is illegal, or even if it's not illegal and it's just simply not available, that it's taking away your right, because that implies that you had that right in the first place. And so far, at least as far as the U.S. Constitution is concerned, rights are very limited when it comes to parents and children. I'm not aware of any right where a man can lactate and has a right to have medication that allows him to provide milk for his child. Again, going further along with kids and thinking about what that means for our children, you have to ask yourself, is sex with consenting kids a right, for instance? I'm not talking about rape. Like I'm not talking about non-consensual, though I'm, I suppose you could bring it to that extreme as well. But I'm saying if you have a right to do certain things with kids, do not also have a right to have sex with a consenting child, which is something that's been brought up a lot. This is one of the concerns of a lot of conservatives, and it was brought up originally with gay marriage. It's not a concern that I had at the time. I was definitely pro the legalization of gay marriage just for the simple libertarian standpoint of I just don't think the government has an involvement in that. But what a lot of conservatives knew that I didn't know and have come to know is that when you offer rights, there's an explosion of rights and an entitlement that comes with it that becomes really dangerous. And it essentially allows people to claim that they can do anything to anyone, especially those who it's especially dangerous for those who can't speak for themselves like children. Right, the biggest fundamental difference, I think Ron DeSantis said this. It was one of my favorite quotes I've ever heard him. I'm going to paraphrase it. But he essentially says that the difference between a liberal and a conservative is that rights are God-given, not government-given. Liberals believe, like it comes from liberal philosophy, 
from Mills. Uh, it comes from Rawls talking about how these rights come from the government. Conservatives mostly do not agree with that. That rights come, they're God-given. One super cool thing, I actually just read this on Twitter today. I wanted to share it for everyone. This is about the Second Amendment, so a different issue. But a super good line I saw said that the Second Amendment prevents the government. There's kind of two lines of thought, but this is the correct line of thought. What the Second Amendment does is it prevents the government from infringing on the right to bear arms. Now, that's different than what liberals will often say. What they say is that the Second Amendment grants the right to bear arms. And there's a huge distinction in the two. One is a check on the government, and one is the government giving you something. The conservative way of phrasing it is saying that it was already yours. And that that amendment in the Constitution then affords for you to be to have it protected, to know for a fact that the government cannot infringe upon it. And in my opinion, that extends to the freedom of religion, freedom of expression, the freedom of assembly, among others, uh, especially when you get into the later amendments in the Bill of Rights talking about the justice system. But it applies to this as well. Uh, you do not, it is not a God-given right that you can do whatever you want to your children. Rather, the government has a responsibility of protecting those children and protecting the rights of those children. One of those rights, the first, is life. Life is really difficult to have if you are sick or have some sort of a condition because of the fact that you were developed by the milk of a male who had no business doing that. One of my predictions is, and this is something that Megyn Kelly pointed out really strongly on her podcast. Uh, you should go check that out as well. Megyn Kelly is fantastic. Many men have become, and they've openly said this and been okay with it. Like this isn't us putting, this isn't Megyn Kelly putting it in someone's mouth. This isn't me saying it. People have openly said that they are sexually aroused by having the infant feed, chest feed on them. And that's a disgusting notion. The fact that there are men doing this, but then also getting sexually aroused from it. And so I asked the question, and it's been brought up by many conservatives, where does this end? The LGBTQ movement isn't really those letters. They've actually really properly categorized themselves by saying LGBTQ plus. That plus is really important because what they're saying is there are no limits. No moral limits to this. We can add on any letter. I mean, it started as LGBT. Maybe even not. Maybe LGB. I don't even know. But at least LGBT, we always said that. Then we started saying LGBTQ. Then there's like an IA. No idea what those stand for. And then we say a plus. The plus is there to be extra inclusive. And so the question becomes, what is that plus? And what are they planning on adding on later? And I can confident. And, and look, this is from someone outside of that community. I am straight. I am a male. I accept myself as a male. I'm a man. I'm not trying to be anything else. There are a lot of other people within that community that are not okay with that plus at the end. My prediction is that in the next five years, pedophilia is going to become a huge popular plus to the LGBTQ plus. And like we're seeing right now, what we see right now, you'll see it with gays against groomers, for instance. That's just one example. You see that the LGB is not okay with the T. They don't like being roped in with that. They, they're okay to accept they're gay. They're happy that gay marriage is there. there. There's a large portion of them that are not okay with the T. Gays Against Groomers is one of the, the biggest organizations, biggest social media accounts. Go check them out. They're fantastic. 
they're saying like, yeah, I, I have an inclination towards like, I have a, a sexual attraction to the same gender. That doesn't mean I believe that men are somehow women, totally different things. I don't even, and, and in their own words, they're saying, I don't even know how those are connected. Like, why am I being roped into that same thing? Which for me, doesn't make sense either. But I think coming from them, it's especially applicable and especially powerful. What I predict is that when you add on the P, pedophile, <laughs> pedophilia to the end of that, there's going to be a heck ton of a more LGBs that are totally done with that. And even a lot of T's, a lot of transgender community that are going to step away and be like, whoa. And so my prediction is that in the next five years, the P is going to get added into that, but it will ostracize a lot of the other people. And we will see a fraction in the LGBTQ movement as a result. Because I think the P really does cross a line that a lot of people are not okay with. However, the liberal elites in charge of the LGBTQ movement are 100% on board with that. I mean, already it's happening. This is a great example of it. But transing kids, grooming children, I mean, this is something that is not far out. I really believe this is the next five-year sort of thing. Especially considering the transgender movement has happened in the last like three, four years. It's been around for a little while, but this was not talked about. I mean, I have younger siblings and confidently say, not a, in my graduating class, let alone maybe my high school, I didn't know everyone in my high school, but in my graduating class, no transgender folks. Maybe now, but at least in the time, no one was claiming to be transgender. Plenty of gays, plenty of lesbians, bisexual, sure. No transgender. Today, I have siblings, one just graduated high school, I have one in middle school, and they talk about this stuff all the time. They see it all the time. And I was not in high school that long ago. Like this has been the last five years sort of thing. And so if that can happen in the last five years, this other thing can happen in the last five years. And I think when it comes to children talking about rights, we have to be super careful. I'm very weary of what is going on. When there's no boundaries, no limitations to that plus the LGBTQ, we have to be very careful what letters go to the end of it. Now, Really quick, I want to talk about our title sponsor for this. One thing I'm very passionate about is that this branch of the LGBTQ movement is essentially a gulag. A gulag, for a lot of you, I know not everyone knows what it is. A gulag is a Russian prison camp, basically meant to take the opposition and imprison them. I believe that there's no, there, it's really no different today. They may not be physical gulags, but we have a lot of metaphysical gulags in the media, the military industrial complex. That is why I partnered with the title sponsor of this podcast, Gulag America. Often terms that Gulag is referring to that literal prison, but as we discussed on this show, we are trying to keep that away from the United States. It is the warning and not the wish for a limited time. Only if you use my code JoshCar10 at GulagAmerica.com, you will get stellar apparel. There are hoodies, there are shirts. I have more coming in the mail probably because I love them so much. I, I was just on a trip. I wore it. I was feeling great in it. They're always very form-fitting. They look great. Uh, they're sizes for everybody, uh, men and women. Again, if you use my code JoshCar10 at Gulag America, you will get 10% off the apparel there. Uh, it comes very quickly. Great apparel for the best patriots. Again, that's JoshCar10 at GulagAmerica.com. Now, I want to talk about something else really important. It was something that I brought up in a past podcast, but I kind of was ahead of the curve on the news cycle. That is Sound of Freedom. Now, if you don't know what Sound of Freedom is, Sound of Freedom is about the story of Tim Ballard. Tim Ballard is a member of my church, and so I heard a lot about him growing up. He's a Christian. 
what he does essentially is he goes to Latin American countries mostly. I know it's, I think it's expanded across the world at this point because a lot of it's going on in China, but it started in Latin America where he would go and essentially act as if he was a pedophile. He would act like someone who wanted to buy children in sex slavery, and then he would set them free and he would bust those people. And so Sound of Freedom is a new film that came out. Jim Caviezel is the star of it. If you don't know who Jim Caviezel is, he was the the lead in The Count of Monte Cristo, as well as Christ in, um, in The Passion of the Christ. Really good actor. He does a phenomenal job. I had the opportunity a few months ago to go to a pre-screening here in Utah. And so I had the opportunity to feel the weight of that story in the theater a little bit ahead of time. And so I talked about it. Now it has been released in theaters. I encourage all of you to go see it. A lot of people have paid it forward and actually donated for people to go see it for free. So if you go to Sound of Freedom, uh, their website, you might be able to get a free ticket if you can't pay for it. If you feel inspired to donate for yourself, you can go to that same website and buy it forward for other people. Recently, it's been in the news cycle. And the reason why it's been in the news cycle is because they've been talking about it. What really got it going is there was a man that went on CNN recently. I don't even know his name. I honestly don't want to say his name. The reason why is because I, I don't get upset too often. I'm happy to debate issues. But what he said was very upsetting to me. And I think the reason why is because we're talking about kids here. He went on and basically disparaged Tim Ballard for saving kids from sex slavery and said that it was like QAnon's conspiracy. He was talking about how he was just doing it for him. And it was crazy how someone so ignorant could go on CNN, a very large news organization, and spout off such lies without accountability. So I wanted to talk a little bit about it. This is the problem with American politics today. And luckily, Tim Ballard and Jim Caviezel have been going on other news organizations and speaking against that. I think most people can look at what he's doing with Project Underground Railroad, which is his charity that saves kids, and can see even if it may not be a perfect charity, and no charity is, they can see all the good that they're doing and that this guy on CNN was full of crap. But, But the problem with American politics is today is that you have your side and then by by like that assumptive property, the other side must be the opposite. Like the left and right very rarely agree. If one is pro-gun, the other has to be anti-gun. One is pro-abortion, the other has to be anti-abortion. Pro-immigration, anti-immigration. It feels like there has to, like every action has its equal opposite reaction. And that feels like it's true for the two-party system in the United States. This is the case with this issue as well. What it seems is that somehow the conservatives have fallen on the side of saving kids from sex slavery, and then automatically the left is against it, which is so sad to me. And I, I, it doesn't have to happen on either side. If the left is doing something really good, the right can just do it too. They don't need to do the opposite. Somehow the left has found themselves on the opposite side of sex trafficking. It doesn't make any sense um, on its face. But when you look into the deeper incentives, it actually does make sense. And I want to talk about it. Basically, to end sex trafficking, you have to end illegal immigration, right? Most of the sex trafficking is happening in between states, oftentimes in between the United States and Mexico. And so if you end illegal immigration, you're not going to have sex trafficking between the United States and Mexico. Now, it's true that it's still going to happen in between other countries, but at least the United States can wipe their hands of that and still help in privatized ways in other countries. But Democrats are betting on the fact that they can continue to print money 
and give that money in the form of social welfare to illegal immigrants when they come across the border. They then oftentimes have plans to either give them votes, like allow them like in DACA, for instance, and make them citizens so that they can vote. Or even if they gain citizenship through their own path, they're still going to vote Democrat because they were given these handouts. That is the incentive structure, right? That's what they're trying to do. There was a political philosophy for a long time that as America continued to let in immigrants, it would become impossible for Republicans to win. Not fully true, we found out, especially when you see in Florida how a lot of Cubans, a lot of people who have rejected communism in their lives are voting Republican. But in any case, Democrats have this incentive structure and this desire to print money and give social welfare to illegal immigrants and to continue to let them across the border. They are willing to endanger millions, and it is millions, of kids in order to do this who are being trafficked. One of the, at the very beginning of the movie, in Sound of Freedom, it shows a little boy, and that's a true story, who is trafficked across the border. So that's just one example of many uh, times that it happens. I think it was in San Diego from Tijuana. And I know this is true because I've experienced this in my own life. I want to tell a, tell a story from my own life. I brought it up in a past podcast, but I want to speak to it again, especially since my audience has grown a little bit since then. For those of you who didn't know, I used to be a missionary in Washington. I was Spanish speaking. And so I was involved mostly in immigrants, mostly from Mexico. And it was fascinating talking to them how they had gotten there. Many of them had gotten there through legal ways because they were uh, on work visas, because there's a lot of farm work to be done there. Most of the people that were coming there were from ranches in Mexico. So in many ways, they were bolstering the Washington economy through farm work. However, there were many people who came across illegally. I remember distinctly once there was a man I went to visit. I believe, I believe he was actually came across on a work visa, but he lived in this super nasty shack in the middle of a farm. He was in charge of some cows, I believe, there. And we went and visited him and he said, yeah, this new kid kind of showed up. We're always looking for people, of course, to spread the gospel, to spread Christianity with as missionaries. And so we're always asking people, are there anyone else? You know, and he, and he mentioned this kid. He said, yeah, this new kid just moved here. I said, cool, like, how old is he? And he was like, he's 18. We're like, wow, okay. Uh, where'd he move from? He said, Mexico. We're like, how did he get here? Like, it's just him, 18. Essentially, we met with this kid and he told us his story. How it works is that he, as an 18-year-old boy, had to give a down payment to the cartel to cross the border. Now, I don't know what this down payment was, but it couldn't be a lot. Of, it couldn't have been a lot of money. He was 18 in Mexico. But in any case, he gave a down payment, probably 50 bucks to the cartel. They let him across, used it as bribery money. And then he was then paying the cartel back. And the price for his freedom was about $10,000. The, the collateral for this freedom was his family. He had to give up the location of his family. The cartel knew exactly where his family was. And so if he didn't make his payments, the cartel would go kill his family. The cartel also was involved in MS-13, the gang in the United States, and had contacts to where he lived. And so this boy was living in constant fear, had to work a certain amount of hours, or he wasn't going to be able to save his family and stay across the border. His plan was to pay for his family. Once he paid off the cartel, to continue to work with the cartel to get the rest of his family across. Now, this boy got across through the cartel and through money because he was 18, but there are many people who are not as fortunate as this boy. And I use the word fortunate tongue-in-cheek because it wasn't fortunate at all. A lot of them are in sex trafficking. If he had been 14, the cartel had... I, I'm, I'm, the reason why I'm sharing this story is because the cartel has incredible pull 
around the border to broker deals. If they can do it with this 18 year old boy, they can do it with a 14 year old girl. And so it's my hope that we will stand up against this. We will end illegal immigration, shut down the border so that we cannot allow the cartel to use people, whether it's through sex slavery or labor slavery, as it was for the case of this boy that I met. So a lot of people have criticized Sound of Freedom because they're saying, you know, you're just going to see a movie and you feel really sad. But the reality is, is when we go and see movies that are emotionally impactful, it inspires change in us. <clears throat> we'll make a stand. We will change the way we think. We'll donate to better causes. We will support ending illegal immigration. And so even though seeing the movie is not the end, it is helpful. I've always been pro-wall. I've always been anti-illegal immigration. But seeing that movie inspired a different change in me. That's why I'm talking about it now. I hope that everyone will be inspired to do the same. Go and see Sound of Freedom right now. They're not, I'm, they're not sponsoring me in any way. I just feel impressed to talk about it because of how important this issue is and how many children are being affected. That is the theme of this episode. Children are being affected negatively in other countries. They're being affected negatively by the left, whether it's through uh, gender ideology or illegal immigration in sex trafficking. So go see Sound of Freedom. We want to end this. We need to take a stand. Write your senators, your congressmen, and stand up for what's right. It does make a difference. If enough of us speak out, it will make a difference. We're already seeing, especially in gender ideology, that less and less people are supporting it and more people are waking up to the dangers of it. Thank you so much for watching this episode of the Josh Carr Show. Everyone, please subscribe down below if you haven't already. If you're listening over on Apple Podcasts, consider going over to YouTube, liking and subscribing, as well as check out Gulag America. Use my code Josh Carr 10 for 10% off. Thanks, guys.